Hey, Andrew, seen any of those blue UCLA bikes around campus? No, I haven't. Maybe that's why they're out of business right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Offense, one of the Daily Bruins' official opinion podcasts. My name is Keisha Fadimadi. I'm the Daily Bruins' opinion editor. And we have a fun crew of calmness with us today. Um, let's have everybody go around and introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Andrew Chowdhury, and I'm an opinion columnist. My name is Marcella Pinsamiento, and I'm also an opinion columnist. My name is Lucy Carroll, and I am also an opinion columnist. Lucy is also the future me um, when I fade away out of existence and disappear like after Thanos snapped his fingers. I can say that right. Like, we're past this for other time. Um, yeah, no, Lucy is the incoming opinion editor, so you'll be hearing a better radio host once I'm gone. Um, no. We'll see. Um, but speaking of things that are disappearing, we are talking about UCLA's bike share program. Yeah, so if you haven't heard, uh, UCLA's bike share program isn't doing so great. But that's probably not out of expectation because... Well, we haven't really been seeing those bikes around campus in general. The Daily Bruin came out with the story on Monday. So we're recording this podcast May 14th. So story came out Monday, May 13th, about how the bike share program is trying to sort of revamp itself, add some improvements, and basically uh, reinvent itself, sort of, I guess, get back into the favor of students um, after it's seen reduced ridership, likely because of the plethora of electric scooters around campus. Among the things UCLA transportation is considering are things like a scan and go feature, which would make it easier for students to unlock the bikes because you can use a QR code scanner, whatever that is. Isn't that from like the 19th century or something? Actually, no, I'm joking, of course. Um, and uh, UCLA is also devel considering developing its own electric scooter line or trying to partner with pre-existing pre electric scooter companies. I'm not sure how we all feel about that. We'll jump in everybody's opinions after that. But just to get things started off, what are you guys' initial thoughts about UCLA bike share not being able to share bikes anymore? Uh, I'm not exactly surprised. Like, I think everyone on campus has seen the rise in popularity of the scooters, and it kind of just makes sense. Like, the scooters are more convenient. They probably go faster. You don't have to put in much effort because they're electric, unlike the Bruin bike share bikes. And yeah, I'm just not really surprised that they've seen declining riders. I think this is classic uh, private entity and UCLA trying to keep up with it. So again, not surprised. Um, and I don't even think they're going to be able to keep up when when they're ready to. I think it's a little bit sad. I'm sad for bike culture because, you know, we got, we got bikes where you actually have to do something and pedal the wheels, but that's dying too. So also not surprised. Um, scooters are also more entertaining than I think riding around on a is it an acoustic bike? It's not electric. <laughs> um, but I think that it's not surprising, but a little bit of a loss for the, the biking community at UCLA. I actually want to touch on, touch on that sort of idea of a biking community because <laughs> where can you bike on campus? I know this is like something bikers get very touchy-feely about, but like minus the campus area, like Charles E. Young Drive behind Drake Stadium – in between Poly Pavilion-ish in one of those like dark alleyways that actually feels like a dark alleyway. Um, around the, I guess maybe the Alumni Center, you can maybe bike. You can get close to the YRL, save for the fact that you have to climb up four floors with your bike or lock it to the parking lot, to the parking <laughs> structure. Like, 
was was the bike share program doomed to fail given there was no infrastructure for bikes? I mean, I think you could make the same same argument about electric scooters because we're such a stair-filled campus anyway. But because of the entertainment factor, people are going to find a way to do it. With bikes, it's more of a convenience and like it has to get you from point A to point B. But I think that there's that entertainment factor. So people want to be going around on electric scooters regardless of whether it's actually feasible or not. What do you think, Marcella? I think there's a really big uh, convenience factor of the electric scooters. So, like, you know, you have to pedal a bike, but um, the scooters kind of just go with the amount of money you put in them. Uh, maybe people are getting lazier or it's just kind of uh, technology just coming in and taking the place of old traditions. Yeah, I would definitely say, like, um, they were probably doomed from the start, just considering the layout of UCLA campus. There's very few, like, flat areas. So, like, naturally no one wants to bike up a hill. Biking down a hill, I guess, is fun, but it's kind of dangerous. So, like, there's that. I mean, there's only, like, areas like areas where you can't really go anywhere that are flat. So it makes sense that not many people are using the Bruin bike share. And at least electric scooters, they don't offer much effort. So, like, you're not going to get tired, like, if you have, like, an incline or anything. So, yeah, I would say they're probably doomed from the start. And I guess the numbers maybe kind of do tell us a story. Um, so the Bruin Bike Share program launched, I think, somewhere near November 2017. And during that point, they UCLA estimated about 425 monthly or yearly memberships. We were actually talking before this podcast, and we didn't even know they had memberships. Um, actually, I did because I'm an old guy. But um, <laughs> like, they have a membership program to minimize how much it costs um, because you get otherwise you get charged on your Bruin bill. So it's supposed to be like a convenient thing. You don't have to. It's kind of like a credit card minus the fact that there's no credit and it's your face staring back at you on your Bruin card. Um, but they had expected 425 monthly or yearly memberships in November 2017. And they actually had 498 memberships. So like UCLA Transportation was very excited about, you know, the extra added enthusiasm. But come April 2018, they had they went down to 300 memberships, which is kind of sad. Um, I still don't know where those 300 people are. Um, UCLA is a big place, but it can't be that big, right? Um, and uh at the time, um, there was an opinion column in April 2018 that reported that UCLA spends $80,000 per year in addition to the fees um, to sort of subsidize um, the bike share program. So that's $80,000 of UCLA transportation's budget per year. And it's sad. It's only been, what, less than two years, almost two years, and they're already trying to trying to trying to kill it like i remember back in the day when it was first created like they had bikes filling all these racks everywhere and it was like whoa we're a biker campus which was kind of surprising because i never i never you know borrowed one and now i don't see them anywhere like where are these all going off to like santa monica or something um but i guess like the the next question that we want to talk about is like ucla seems to want to pivot to maybe embrace this whole scooter culture um ucla seemed to sort of pride the bike share program on the fact that it's largely easy to pay it you just need your ucla id you can i guess park this anywhere where there's a bike rack um and they can go to places like santa monica places in westwood like community members are sort of excited about this it's supposed to like help you engage with the community and things why did people sort of adopt scooters in the same way like don't you have to pay for pay more for them like like apparently the bike share program costs less so what's kind of like what kind of things do you guys personally value in transportation how do you think that sort of informs the general student bodies like i guess micro transportation needs uh well i guess like the main thing with the scooters is they're kind of everywhere like i 
don't know exactly where all the brew and bike share like places are we can get the bikes but, like i've only seen one like the one like right outside ackerman like as you're walking to westwood and like i don't know why any student would like go out of their way to go there and go anywhere i also think like the scooters as like i think lucy mentioned like they're pretty fun to use so like it makes sense like you don't see them anywhere so there's probably like a factor of that like it's it's enjoyable like you're not gonna find them at that many other places like it's kind of a unique thing so that's kind of cool and i think they're like they're everywhere and again like they're super easy to activate like you just use an app on your phone i believe and like you can just kind of dump them anywhere like it's not like you have to find a specific place to like park them or anything like it really requires like no effort at all from the student which like i think college students definitely think about a lot Uh, i personally do not use the scooters um i've never had an impulse to do so and that is because of my bank account so i think something i consider to be super duper convenient is not paying for things that you don't really need (laughs) and i don't know why it's not glitzy and glamorous for me i've really just had no ever impulse to to try it um but i suppose that everyone is entitled i think we'd maybe be better off if they were just not allowed on campus since you can't ride them anyway um but i I personally don't see the appeal i once tried using a i think it's called a wheel by uber i don't even know that's just like there's a there's a lift there's a lift scooter there's a lime scooter there's a bird scooter there's a jump scooter there's a wheel bike now that looks wheels oh my god there are two wheels right now we're great i once i once was about to use it but it was like 10 p.m and he only used them before 8 p.m so i almost almost broke my dry spell of using um any kind of electronically driven motorized vehicle but what about you lucy so i actually think it's funny that you say that because i'm starting to wonder if ucla total speculation but if bird or ucla might be like loosening up on the regulations because notoriously bird has stopped working at a certain hour but i actually rode three birds this weekend that were on past the normal hour that they are off so that's curious in the context that ucla might be you know moving towards something this is like a conspiracy theory about birds now <laughs> you rode three birds at the same time no no i rode three birds on separate occasions i i am a fan of birding i am not practical <laughs> Just wanted to make sure because the only time I've ever seen somebody ride two birds at the same time was when it's like one of those like people driving the white vans trying to carry those bird scooters. It, it feels like some kind of shady business whenever I see that. <laughs> um, but going to the bigger point here, UCLA wants to create a scooter program. Actually, no, no. First question: What should UCLA call the scooter program? They, maybe they should just call it Bruins. It has to be like quippier, weirder, like brew, just brew. <laughs> <laughs> Brooders. 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 Okay, UCLA Transportation, you better be listening to this one. Um, Now that we have the important business out of the way, um, what would convince you to use UCLA's uh, scooter program? Like, if if it if UCLA were to create its own brand of scooters, what would convince you to use it? And like, what kind of features would you like hope UCLA would have to sort of you know get the edge in the whole scooter race that's going on right now? I mean. Like, I do agree with the fact that, like, the electric scooters are, like, super convenient, but, like, I definitely agree with, like, Marcella. Like, I'm not really a huge fan of them. Like, I don't use them. Like, walking's more convenient. And, like, I think that's kind of one of the things is, like, champ- transportation on this campus in general. Like, so many people walk everywhere and it's so hilly that, like, a lot of transportation isn't really, like, doesn't really make sense. And so, like, 
I feel like one of the things with the scooters now, and even if UCLA decided to create their own scooters, I don't think like the problems with scooters would change. Is like people come zooming down, like they're very susceptible to like hitting people, and then like also you're supposed to wear helmets, but obviously like no one's gonna do that. No one carries around a helmet with them. So again, like I think they're like kind of dangerous. I guess if you fall off, and then also like. One of the things that kind of annoys me is that people just kind of just throw them on the ground. So it kind of just like looks bad on campus. I think like people can fall over them. I mean, for UCLA to get people to use them. Yeah, I don't think students would notice like whether UCLA like created their own scooter company and like switched out the birds. Like people would still (laughs) use them for sure. But I don't know necessarily if like UCLA's goal to create this like easy form of transportation will ever be like possible just because of the way the campus is. Like there's always going to be like a huge amount of issues with it because UCLA campus isn't really set up for like huge transportation revolution or whatever what do you think marcella off the top of my head it would have to have a regulated path there would have to be a path for these things that currently there is nothing no lining that tells us where to use them secondly it'd have to be maybe uh, economically more competitive than the existing brands otherwise it's just kind of a cop-out and then finally maybe to students like me but i would care about the environmental impact and like uh, offsetting carbon impact just because that's kind of my whole thing but um, maybe students would care that UCLA is held to a higher standard in their impact so yeah I think first of all like most of the scooters are often used like outside of campus or like in the Westwood area and I think that's a big use so that kind of already poses a problem for UCLA Um, but second of all I think if there were to be a feature that would make it appealing to students having it somehow connected to your brewing card would probably be the way to go because that is one feature that like students it's not as convenient for students on other scooters I think um, and to make it student specific I also agree that it needs to be um, like efficient environmentally because I think a lot of other scooter companies use that as a marketing tactic and so if UCLA wants to compete they're going to have to um, stay in that lane. I guess for me I'm very cynical about UCLA creating any kind of technology. <laughs> like, my UCLA was a mess, and it still is a mess, but at least it's, a l- it's kind of sort of less of a mess now. Like, if UCLA can barely manage a website, how is it going to manage scooters with electronics? Um, and, like, it, I don't know, I like it, I guess the challenging part here for UCLA is that it has, like, monopoly over, like, your attention span and whatever. Like, we come here, we spend time on this campus. So UCLA could very easily, like, advertise a program, but it has to get people to download an app to hook up their Bruin cards and also, you know, use scooters. And I bet UCLA would do some crazy stuff by, like, chaining a helmet to it or something and, like, making sure that if, like, the scooter went off, like, off track or off-road or something, it would suddenly stop. So, like, people, it's going to get a bad rap for something, like... (laughs) This is UCLA we're talking about. Technology isn't its forte. Um, I say that as a computer science major, so uh, rip me. Like, I'm kind of skeptical about creating its own scooter program. I know UCLA has had some success in, like, partnering with, like, like these sort of last mile, first mile organizations like Lyft, Uber, and the scooters, too. Like, um, where, you know, you get fined if you start driving on Bruin Walk or parking your, your scooter on Bruin Walk. Like, you can't really like call a lift in the middle of campus, you have to go to designated checkpoints and stuff. So like UCLA has had some success in that partnership and like I can see it trying to do that, but it seems kind of like a non sequitur to your bike share program kind of failing. Like, I don't know, maybe UCLA should just ditch the bikes, save some money, you know, build more buses. Like I know the, like the, the, like the Bruin bus fleet is like depleted. Like if you had more Bruin buses, more people would use it. And like, I know the, the Daily Bruin editorial board came out with an editorial 
I believe like earlier last quarter, last quarter, like earlier this quarter about like how, you know, combining like scooter pathways and buses would allow students to like have more greener transportation. But I don't know. I'm just kind of skeptical about UCLA trying to build anything that has to do with computers, electronics or wheels, I guess. Though Bruin bus is pretty good though, but I mean, Bruin bus is not a, a lime scooter. Um, while we're at it, any final thoughts about this? We went from the birthplace of the internet to not even being able to make a scooter share program. So it's a, it's a good start. <laughs> Happy 100th birthday, UCLA. We'll be back after a short break with a different topic, elections we don't even know about. Hey, Andrew. Is this about the Broom Bike Share Program? No, no, no. It's about uh, an election on Thursday. A what on Thursday? Anyway, so there's an election on Thursday for the Northwestwood Neighborhood Council. Um, this is the sort of advisory body to the city. Um, it was newly formed last year um, to represent Westwood Village, um, North Village area, so the apartments, and all of UCLA, um, as well as sort of almost down to Ohio Avenue, so going into near the Persian Square area when you cross Wilshire, which is like the great beyond for a lot of people. I guess maybe just me, who knows? Um, but yeah, there's an election on Thursday, and... Nobody here actually knew about it, except maybe Lucy and Shetty did. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. So yeah, there, there are 26 candidates running for 19 positions in this election. And these positions include things like the organizational stakeholder, a homeowner, a homeowner, um, position, a position to represent graduate students on this council that determines everything from like passing grants to people, like donating thousands of dollars to food closets, passing recommendations to the city for things like building high-rise buildings and whatnot. So it's like a pretty powerful thing. There's just one problem. Nobody knows about it. Um, and so I just want to get your guys' thoughts. Like, what are you guys going to be doing on Thursday during that election time from 12 to 6 p.m. where you can vote in John Wooden Center? Most likely we'll be in class. But maybe I'll vote now that I know about the election. Because why not? <laughs> and I guess like, okay, that, that was a pretty bad question. Um, <laughs> leading questions for the win. Um, so what kind of things... I guess, would you prefer to have known about the election before the election? Uh, I guess it would have been nice to know, like, what they do and, like, why it matters. Because I feel like that's always important. So, like, if no one, even if people knew there was an, an election, like, do people know what the North Westwood Neighborhood Council does? Like, how does that affect students? Like, I mean, maybe people do, and I it's just me that doesn't. But I feel like there's a lot of students that have no idea what they do. So, like, I feel like you have to get that first before you just, like, kind of spread the news about the election i guarantee it's just not you i interviewed them and i still don't know what they do um but that's also just how advisory councils work so i guess like marcella what are your thoughts about you know an election coming up in two days so we're recording this podcast on a tuesday the election's on a thursday i'm gonna keep harping that election's on a thursday um it's in john wooden center you know that big building that says champions made here or something i just have multiple buildings that say that anyway like what are, you, what are your thoughts about an election um happening in two days that I'm guessing you likely knew very little about. 
I feel uh, familiar feelings of Westwood not being represented by big entities that take a lot of money from people. Um, and unfortunately, even in the hour of research I did before coming here, I found out a lot about their capabilities and I still don't feel galvanized to put my time aside to this type of institution, maybe just because of the number of scandals I've read about or um, kind of their focus. Uh, they're focusing on things that I don't really identify with, like developing uh, new projects and architecture. Um, you know, I think they barely put a committee aside for homeless uh, representation. So I just don't see myself aligning with the focuses. What about you, Lucy? Yeah, I think it's also unfortunate because I hear a lot from students in like bigger national elections, you know, like we're a such a big state and like what's my point in voting but like this is something that actually directly affects you and you could have the potential to like make some kind of difference in Westwood and this is like our college town so I think that's maybe a worthwhile use of time but if there's absolutely no promotion about it if students don't know about it and it sounds like a lot of students actually left the board this year then like what's the point of having it so so I guess just given that like what do you think is a good way to promote elections? I know we've had like USAC elections week five. Oh my God, that feels like an eternity ago. Um, but we had undergraduate student government elections, which is like the most local it gets. And we only had 16% of the campus body show up. Um, hopefully we'll get above 16% turnout for this election, but John Wooden guys, Thursday at noon or something, I guess. I think that's what it is. Um, like, so what, what would you want to see in terms of like, like promotion of like of this local community, this community, uh, this local neighborhood council that ostensibly has you know tens of thousands of dollars in a budget can provide like great amount of aid to students, but doesn't seem to be doing that. So like, what would you want to see in terms of like being in, informed about this and like in terms of like its transparency and whatnot? There should definitely be a tab on my UCLA, and I wish I had heard about this and the capabilities in my new student orientation. I feel like a 30-second slide on uh, a lot of the things they're voting on would have made me eager to just be involved. And even if they just made voting as simple as clicking something on a website, I feel like that would incentivize people enough, uh, but I don't want to speak on everyone. So. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like if you make voting easier, more people will vote. But I also think it's like a hard question to answer, like how to get people involved. Like as Lucy said, like people do talk about like national things, but like it's still hard to get people to vote for like national elections, things that like are even more publicized. So, I mean, I guess one way is to just show people like how it actually affects your life and like why it matters to you. And I feel I still I still think that's like a hard thing to do to even show people why it matters. But I guess that's like a good first step to take is like, promoting it like giving people information making it easier to vote and then showing people like why it actually matters so one thing just want to follow up on that one thing that at least the northwestern neighborhood council or those running for it have banked on in previous elections so they had like a ratification vote last may ish to like create the council then they had a special election in like october ish time i think and now they're having like the legit legit election i mean they're all legit elections but like the one that's like the not the special election because this is like a newly formed council. Um, and one of the things they banked on is the fact that like, they're like, they put a bunch of cones out on Bruin Plaza near um, John Wooden because you can't campaign within like certain hundred feet or something of the voting booth. Wow. Los Angeles has some great regulations. Um, and people are like, well, I got to walk around these cones. What's going on? And they see all these signs. And like a lot of people have been banking on that to get people's attention to show up to the polls. 
would that have gotten your attention if I hadn't graciously told you about John Wood and Noon election? Uh, definitely not. Like, I feel like if I walk by and I see some, like, weird commotion thing, like, I'm semi-curious, but I also, like, I'm walking across the area for a purpose. Like, I probably have class or, like, a meeting or something. So, I mean, maybe, like, one out of ten times I'll stop and have a bit of an investigation. But, no, I don't think it would would have made me, like, that intent on seeing what's happening because, like, I have another purpose. Like, you got to know about it before, I think, for it to, like, True mark of a freshman, somebody who walks with purpose. Welcome to when you when you get to my age, Andrew. Then you'll see how purposeless you are sometimes. Um, jokes aside, I'm not that old. I, I am. Never mind. I'm a senior. Um, what do you think, Lucy? Um, I think also like I agree with Andrew, but once you see those cones and it's the day of, like it's a little too late. What are you gonna do? Like walk into the voting booth and just start filling things out because you don't know exactly who you're voting for and that never feels good for anyone. So I think that's definitely a problem with betting on some cones in Bruin Plaza. What do you think, Marcella? I'd like to point out the historically low turnout rates in every voting procedure across the world ever. I don't know why cones would make it uh, any more statistically significant, so that's something to keep in mind. But even if I double took at the cones on Bruin Walk, um, in no shape or form would that inspire me to go and give my suggestions to an entity I'm so unaware of. Well, friends, at least we know Thursday at noon, John Wooden. I should become a PR person. What am I doing at this point? <laughs> um, at the very least, let's hope the cones catch people's attention. If not, who knows? Maybe there might be some people waving some flags around to get people to come into the vines and vote. Um, that was a very, very underwhelming ending to no offense, but you know, let's not, let's hope the election isn't that underwhelming either. Um, that's it for this week's no offense podcast. Be sure to catch us on SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, or dailybrune.com slash category slash podcast. Yes, we do have a podcast tab on the front page now. It's exciting. Just before I head out, this happens. Wow. Um, but please do catch us on that. And yeah, see you around soon.